everyone, and welcome to the Real Ones Canes podcast on the Beast Brian London. My partner is Brandon O'Doy. Do me a favor, go subscribe wherever you get your podcast: Amazon, Spotify, Apple, all of those things, and go hit up the YouTube channel. A couple of milestones: we are uh, this is our thirtieth actual podcast on the Believe Network, so that's a good thing. And uh, the YouTube channel, over 600 subs. That is a good thing as well, so we appreciate you guys. Happy New Year, everyone. And I need to be transparent. This is the second time that Brandon and I are recording this first segment of this podcast. We got the thing done. I took off, and all of a sudden, uh, texts are coming my way that there's news happening, and here we are back here. Brandon, we... uh, the last time we were together, a couple hours ago, we were talking about Ja'Cory Brown returning to the Miami Hurricanes and uh, Cam Ward heading to the NFL and all of that stuff of what was going to happen with the quarterback situation. We did some great uh, content on that. But here we are. We get breaking news that we have a tongue of Iloa in the portal. That'd be Talia Tungavailoa. The starter at Maryland has entered his name into the portal. There is obvious interest from the University of Miami. There's obvious interest on his behalf. I know his family has said they would love him to be at the University of Miami. Why? His brother, Tua, the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. The family is really comfortable with this area. They're already, you know, have planted themselves down here. They've planted roots. They would love to have both brothers down here. And here we are with the University of Miami to have a, a, a potentially very experienced quarterback on its roster. And the one thing I think we have to note is we don't know for sure. As of the recording of this podcast, Friday, January 5th, just uh, about 2.30 p.m., we don't know that he has been guaranteed another year, a waiver, but I feel like if he has put his name in the portal, he knows something we don't. Yeah, Beast, and that's very smart to, to point out. Um, this young man um, is a very experienced quarterback. He is a person that started at the University of Miami, um, started at the University of Alabama, rather. And, you know, he was backing backing up his brother. He realized very quickly that, you know, he, he didn't have a future at Alabama, and he went with Coach Mike Loxley. Uh, who was a former Alabama coach, to Maryland. And it turned out to be one of the best things he's ever done in his career. Now, somewhere along the line, he played in parts of a fifth game, which is disqualifying him from receiving a red shirt. My understanding is that he didn't play very long or whatever he did um, was reviewable. So he's going to apply for a waiver. And in in these cases, this is one of the reasons the NCAA has basically become, you know, this this organization that just gets out of the way of all kinds of trains. Because it's like, should he receive a waiver? He played in five games. You're only supposed to play in four. It doesn't matter if you play for a second. You play it down, it counts. You're not supposed to get it. But this is what happens. People always petition. People always sue the NCAA. People always bring things before this governing body. And in this case, it could play into Miami's favor because what a gift this young man would be for the University of Miami. His brother's having an amazing year at the Miami Dolphins. He's been embraced by the South Florida community. And to have both Tagovailoa brothers in town, winning championships, doing big things, this city would explode. And I, he's, I was told a long time ago, 
he was really the first choice, but it was about the waiver. Leads me to believe news coming out. Hey, look, I openly question Miami leadership. I, I'll eat any crow that I'm served because if they can pull this off, this is a guy that won eight games this year in a very tough Big Ten. Obviously, they're playing for a national championship. You can see this is the conference that pushed the SEC to the curb. And uh, he's been a big part of, you know, that program's success. And, you know, listen, he had, you know, Josh Gaddis, who a lot of people poo-pooed on here at the University of Miami. I always said it couldn't have been just him. We know how we feel about our departed quarterback. So I think he uh, had a little something to do with it. Um, But at the end of the day, uh, this will be a tremendous, I can't, I don't even want to get excited about the possibility of it because it would be tremendous. And let me shortstop you because I know where you're going. (laughs) Cam has to understand he can continue to develop. He's going to be a capable backup. But, you know, this guy's a one and done. And this is what Miami was trying to do. Wait, 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 wait. You said Cam or do you mean Ja'Cory? Ja'Cory, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I need to stop you there, right? You, 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 don't you don't erase that because the realness of this is where all this foolishness is coming from. This is this is this cam foolishness. He still hasn't signed with an agent, and that's the problem when you get so invested in all of this stuff. You make people look bad. It's like Cam, you're not going to be a cane. Let's move on. But all right, I'm talking obviously about Jacuri, and Jacuri needs to remember. Hey, you're still a freshman. You're a redshirt freshman, um, and you're going into your sophomore season, your redshirt sophomore season. you got three years to play. If you don't play this year, it's not the end of the world. Don't jump in the portal. If they get this young man, don't jump in the portal in the spring. Stay, develop, and be. you could be a one-and-done guy your junior year. Or you something can happen, and you could be the starter. So. Here's the the thing. Here's where this helps and kind of sets up. And it's all about roster management, right? And as the as the portal becomes almost as important as recruiting, and you're and you're you're reloading from the bottom end and the top end, right? Recruiting and the portal. It's all about roster management. You get Talia Tungavailoa in. Okay, he plays one year. He's an experienced, really one of the most experienced quarterbacks in NCAA football, right? He's uh he's he's just played really well at a Maryland program that there's no expectations for him to do so, but he went there and he, it was a good fit. He comes into Miami if this waiver is granted and everything works out, he gives you a steady hand at the quarterback. It gives Ja'Cory Brown who was able to take a red shirt this past year to be 1000% you're the backup and as we've seen in football at every level the way the defenses have progressed the way the quarterback position has advanced there's a chance that you know no matter who your starter quarterback is that person misses one or two games or however many games that would let Ja'Cory come in and start for those games or maybe they do a thing where they have a package for him whatever it is he gets to play but now you get to redshirt Emery, right? And he gets right. to take Which a year off. Which he should have done this year. Right. He gets to he take needs a year to get off. Better. He had a bicep injury. That's not right. a small thing. Yeah. So now he'll get to develop. Judd 
becomes your third string quarterback, which is fine. Let him, hopefully he never has to play. He can redshirt, but if he does, he gets a couple of games, emergency backup, blowout time, whatever it is. And now you're setting yourself up to have success at that position by the way you're layering uh, your your roster management at the quarterback position. I really like I really this like it if so this happens. This, this is so presumptuous. Like we're talking about this guy, like he signed with Miami. This is so we're so far down the well, road. Well, I mean, uh, we listen, even, like, you but you so have bad. but at at some point you have to read between the tea leaves, right? Like everything I've read and looked into and heard is that if he entered the portal, he wanted to come to Miami because his family want like they're a very close knit family, very close knit family from Hawaii, right? Like they want to be together here in Miami, and this was the only way this was going to happen. So you, I, I, I know you should never assume things. We know what happens when you assume things, but by him putting his name in the portal, it has to mean he has some sort of knowledge that he's going to be granted a waiver, and also that obviously that he would possibly end up at the University of Miami, right? Like, I, I just feel like that's what this is pointing towards. Now, look. We're going to get done. Yeah, Brandon, if you're just listening to this, Brandon is doing the woosah meditation thing to kind of wish it into existence. Now, listen, this could blow up in our faces and we're going to upload this podcast. And like, you know, an hour from now, we're going to find out that that he's going somewhere else. And then I'm going to, you know, have egg on my face. I, but I'm I'm hoping for good things. I'm hoping that this is all going to work out. Can we do that? Yeah, can we just yeah, I mean, can we hope for good things? Yeah, you gotta you gotta hope for positive vibes, and we're not here to pour cold water on it. This whole quarterback thing is dominating the offseason. It's so bad. It's like Tyler play better, go to the league. Jacuri come along. Like all this stuff is just it's just bad business. It's Emory don't get hurt. You know, what I mean, it just it's all bad business. That that's all this is. Because what but- should have happened is. Tyler should have played well, played his way into the first or second round. Jacuri should have been the backup. He should, should not have been Emory. He should have shown signs and wonders and all these other things. We should be going into the season with him and two high school kids and get back on schedule. You can't – once you start grabbing a portal guy and bringing in things and not developing guys – like Alabama found it out this year. You can't go grab a dude to come in and be the guy like the guy has to develop on your bench. JJ McCarthy develops on the bench. You, you know, J- Jalen Monroe develops on the bench, you know, Michael Pennant, he developed, they went and got him at Washington. He's been with that same offensive coordinator. Caleb, he was with him developed through time. Yeah. They went and grabbed him, but he's been in that system two years. He had a pretty good year last year. They didn't quite get it done. They come back this year. They're in the national championship. Things take time in this sport. This is not an easy game to play. Elite college football, if you want to play at a high level, takes time. There are no microwave scenarios. They just aren't. Do you think a lot of people are talking about that Mario Cristobal has to do some winning in year three? There has to be a big jump between year two and year three that because that pressure is there, that he said to himself, listen, I got to go get a, a bona fide quarterback out of the portal in order to you know, in order to, 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 to help me do what I need to do in year three. I think they, you want to make steady improvement. Anybody who thinks that the university of Miami is going to the national championship next year, just doesn't understand. Well, it is getting into the, well, listen, hear, hear me out. Yep. 
I think getting into the playoff is a reasonable expectation because there are 12 teams. Do you need to be in the top 12? I think you can be next year. And I think that that's the kind of improvement that is a reasonable expectation. If you can get into the first ever FBS playoff that's expanded past four teams, yeah, I think that's a super positive move in the right direction. I think that I think that's attainable whether you get to a, you know to Leah Tagovailoa or not. I think that's a that's a goal, no matter who the quarterback is. I think you know whoever comes back. I think if you can start your Curry, it's the same deal. Man, shoot, if you start Judd, I think that's the same deal because the team is there. You know, if you manage a quarterback and you run the ball and you have great defense, which you're going to have, you know, yeah, you should be you should be in the top 12 of college football next year. Absolutely. I don't think that's an unrealistic expectation. Yo, if you look at the teams that are playing for a national championship, and we'll we'll get to that in the next segment, and the teams that had success this year, it comes down to them having program-type quarterbacks, guys that are, are bona fide starters, no doubt about it. The, the deal is this. You don't even talk about winning a national championship until your quarterback is a dude. It, it, outside of that, you're just hoping and wishing. Yep. You're just hoping and wishing. Yeah, for sure, 100%. So we'll see how this plays out, Brandon. Uh, we, who knows what could possibly go down between now and our next episode. But signs are kind of pointing to this quarterback thing wrapping itself up and us being able to go into spring football feeling a little bit, a little bit calmer about, about the position. Because if we didn't have Talia Tungalavaloa, we didn't have Cam Ward, now we're just, now we're just hoping. Now we're just can I, give a, can I give it can I give a shout out right quick? I want to give do. a shout out to, to Adam Lichtenstein. Um, I'm saying his name wrong. You know what Lichtenstein? Adam Lichtenstein. He announced on Twitter that he was going on vacation. Yep. And not even an hour later, this news starts to break. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Adam said, from the uh Adam from the South Florida Sun Sentinel. uh, It would be good. He said, he said it would be good if we didn't have any major Canes news. Almost not even an hour after he tweeted that. Of course. Of course. All of this stuff broke down. Always. No doubt. Um, Good job. Good timing on vacation, buddy. Yeah. (laughs) No doubt about it. I give you the credit for this one. All right, so we're, we'll get this up there. We we, we are not going to get back to do a third intro segment for the podcast. I don't care what happens. We'll we'll get this one's going to be up soon. Uh, I appreciate all you guys for for making our numbers go up. Uh, we appreciate that, Brandon. On the other side, we'll have a conversation about some more Kane's news involving a. Uh, a coach that getting a deserving raise and a contract extension, and we'll we'll preview the national championship game. And you have kind of a link to one of the guys that's that's played in that championship game, and we'll Stay talk about find out. Yeah, we'll 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 talk about that and more. It is the Real Ones Canes podcast. We'll be back right after this. Oh. 
Welcome back to the Real Ones Canes podcast. I'm the Beast Brian London. He is Brandon O'Doy. Do us a favor, go subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast, whether it's Amazon, Apple, Spotify, and go hit up the YouTube page, the Real Ones Canes podcast on YouTube. Brandon, uh, some news came out uh, just a couple of hours before we started recruiting this one. Uh, Gary Furman and the folks at Canesport broke it that looks like defensive coordinator for the University of Miami, Lance Guidry, is signing a three-year contract extension that gives him a raise. His name was kind of floating out there as it relates to the LSU defensive coordinator job. Um, I know that he was of the available candidates or people that – other schools may look at as far as defensive coordinators. His name was out there, and it should be. He did a really good job with the University of Miami defense this year, and uh, congrats to him for signing the contract extension. Um, I really believe in staff consistency, so I like that. But also congrats to Dan Radakovich and the University of Miami for you know putting their money up when they have to. Yeah, um, he, he deserved to get a raise, and uh, congrats to Coach Guidry. Uh, he did a darn good job getting this Miami defense um, where it needed to be. Uh, he's inheriting a lot of very good, talented players. Um, he had some younger guys ready to play in the bowl game, some guys that basically didn't play a lot. And so he did a lot of positive things. I think he needs a couple more years uh, before we can give the reins to Jason Taylor. Um, and so before we can be too concerned about like losing him, uh, to either being a head coach or going to someplace like LSU, we need to get to the point where Miami is a destination place, not just a pit stop. And so, uh, Dan Radakovich and coach Cristobal, everybody's to be committed because you don't want to have, you know, a lack of continuity going into a third season. You don't want these guys to be on their third coordinator in three years. Like, that's bad business. So you get to bring back Shannon Dawson. You get to bring back Lance Gidry in year two, year three for Mario, year two for these guys. Uh, those are all positives. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. He deserves it. Uh, I don't think he would have gone to LSU because that's not – that's a place where if they have too many more bad seasons, he's fine. You know, Mario Cristobal and this crew is going to be around for a lot longer than Brian Kelly will if he has another season like that. And um, that's sort of a, a burning house. Uh, it looks to be that Blake Baker, who we know very well, is on the short list there. For sure. Uh, if, if I were Blake Baker, I would stay. I know he's a Louisiana guy that's been sort of his area. I would stay at Missouri <laughs> with drink. You know what I mean? You There's a lot less pressure. Uh, but – you know, people have to do what they have to do for their families. And who am I not to tell someone uh, to take possibly a dream job, go back to the area where you're from? Uh, I just like not to get fired. And there are fireable jobs, and LSU is one of them. So, Lance Gidry, let's just look at the impact that he had uh, on Miami's defense this past season. So, we'll compare um, Miami this year to the year You're previous. really good, by the way, like. I like what you're about to do. Like, yeah, All right, so. yeah. So uh, Gidry had the total defense um, at number 24 this year. It was number 65 the year before. They uh, gave up uh, 54 less yards per game. Rushing defense, um, they were fifth, number 52 in 2022. 
uh, down to number 12 in um, 2023, giving up close to 37 less yards on the ground per game. Passing defense, they were number 79 in the country in 2022 to number 55 in the country, gave up uh, only 216 yards passing uh, this season. And scoring defense, which is the important thing, um, they went from number 67 in the country to number 44 in the country, giving up almost five less uh, points per game. So Lance Gidry definitely had an impact. And I was thinking about it this morning, Brandon, when I saw the news. Uh, you know, yes, Lance Gidry gets a lot of credit and he's getting the raise and the contract extension. But I really love their defensive staff. Um, I really like yeah. the guys that they have on that side of the football. I mean, I like their entire coaching staff and what they're able to do, and everyone serves a great purpose, but they've really put together a, a, a great a great coaching staff on that defensive side of the football. Yeah, Coach Adai in the secondary, he's probably the MVP of, of that staff. Uh, he's had the most continuity. His defense secondary play lights out, and the biggest thing for me is his backups play really well and, and in key moments. Um you know, D. Nick uh, has solidified the linebacker position. He sure. had, you know, uh, a really good year this year coaching the backers up, came, you know, came in from Cincinnati. He, he's a Florida State guy. That's where he played his football. Uh, Joseph A., what can you say about him? The defensive tackle spot, he got a lot out of a guys uh, that hadn't done a lot. Harrison Hunt, you know, um, Taylor probably had one of his better years. Uh, he lost Mesador and was able to, you know, uh, keep the train moving. Jason Taylor, his ends played well. Ruben Bain had an All-American year. Uh, Jafar Haffey, before he got in the portal, uh, did really well. And he had some younger guys that flashed at times. So um, there's a lot to like from the defensive staff at Miami and what they put together. Um, and it's, it's cool that everybody's coming back. And that's really exciting when you get guys like Armando Blunt coming in um, at the defensive end position and you've got this Justin Scott kid, um, this kid from uh, Illinois who's tearing up the All-American practices in San Antonio. He looks unblockable. Uh, that was an amazing get. And, you know, Lightfoot, um, you know, this Booker Pickett kid. I oh, went yeah. crazy at uh, Under Armour this past week. They say he's got one of the first, the best fat first steps. I, I just, there's a lot of sacks coming for this. Miami yeah, I mean, you got, you, got, you got Rod Max kid coming in. Uh, you know, he Ryan Mack had a yeah. banner banner week at Under Armour. He's one of the most technical kids. I, I, he's the sleeper of the class to me. I think he's the biggest get that nobody talks about. And you know, he was one of those Miami Garden Ravens. I mean, his dad was a freaking head coach of the team. You know, and Rod Mack. I, I talked to Rod last night. Um, he was getting ready to have his Miami Garden Ravens twelve U. Uh, banquet who Demarcus Van Dyke Jr. is on that team by the way Rod okay. Mack is doing it again he's he's raising new canes but I said Rod I said your son is I think he's the most unheralded he's like the MVP of this class right he could potentially be to Corey Couch and start like he's the same height He's just got to get a little bigger. He's fast. He's a track kid. And he's a glove. He is literally a glove. I saw him lock down Jabari Brady. I saw him lock down Cortez Mills. These are big names in high school football. Just giving you a key beast. Yeah, I got um, but, it. I got it. <laughs> and so, like, 
And then he had an amazing um, Under Armour game. And they started writing about him as if this guy came out, you know, from the sky. It's like he's been at St. Thomas Aquinas. He's a Miami Garden Raven. And his dad's Rob Mack. Like, it shouldn't be that big of a surprise that he's good, but he's darn good. Yeah, I mean, reading all of the the press that came out of the of the Under Armour game and the practices, there wasn't one writer, one blogger, one video p- uh, blogger, uh, one podcaster that didn't talk about uh, Ryan Mack being one of the best kids out there. So it was pretty much consensus that he was out there just running his game well. And you know why that's so important? How did Washington win their championship game semifinal? It was on a cornerback. They, they don't have a guy who could freaking cover. Like, we yeah. got dudes at cornerback right now. You got Daryl Porter Jr. coming yeah. back. You got Devontae Brown coming back. You know, Damari Brown. I forget one Brown when I get him confused. Number six. <laughs> so, yeah, you got – so so you got – actually, let's talk about that real quick uh, because it does impact you a little bit on the depth. But DeMar Brown was the freshman, right? He was outstanding this year. He got shoved into some uh, really tough tough spots, and he showed up. Devontae Brown, his brother, the fourth-year junior, uh, he's entered the portal. He didn't get yeah, a lot of playing time this year. Well, he got playing time, but he wasn't very good. So Okay. Um, farewell. Uh, at, at the end of the day, I think with Brown coming back and Porter coming back, and you get a chance to see – you get Zaquan Patterson, who's a highly ranked kid coming in. I think he's going to start at one of those safety spots. Uh, if not, he's going to get significant time. You got Marquise Williams, who played really well. Yeah. Uh, and then you got uh, – you have Mr. Jaden, who went to my high school in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah, Jaden um, Harris, yep. So you got – and then you enter, You got Ryan Mack. You, you got some dudes. Now, Couch is not going to be easy to replace. Because he's just yeah. super experienced. He was around for a very long time. And versatile. And very versatile. I mean, the guy plays safety in the bowl game. Right. Um, and I guess, is Jaden Davis coming back? I, I, I don't know what's going on with that. I don't know if he has another year of eligibility. Like, there's a, there's a bunch of kids that went through the whole COVID situation that you're not sure whether they are going to get another year of eligibility or not. So, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't oh, know. But if he does come back, Man, that's a nice little secondary you got there. So yeah, Kendrick for sure. A lot of toys. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's looking good, man. And I was so excited to see some of those guys like Booker and and Mac, uh, you know, ball out on that national stage. Um, it really it really was a, a delight to see. Speaking of the national stage, we have a national championship game coming up. I loved watching those, uh, man, other than the fact that uh, that Rose Bowl didn't start till five and then we didn't get a Sugar Bowl until, I don't know, nine. And then, uh, I don't know, I, by the time that thing was over, I had uh, I was 17 toothpicks in my eyes to keep my eyes open because I'm old now and I can't stay up till one in the morning to watch football, yeah. although it was great football and it was everything came down to the last play and big things were happening. But we're going to have a Michigan against Washington uh, an all big uh, national big championship 10, game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Big um, Ten football coming at you. You know, what would be so weird is if you know JJ McCarthy, uh, outstanding leader of that Michigan team. It would, it would just, it would have been so odd if at some point JJ McCarthy, 
you know, was working out on the UM campus and was just around the UM staff and, and all that stuff. It's not like that really happened, did it, right? Like, I, I'm dreaming or something? No, of course not. He was in uh. eighth grade on Green Tree at the football hotbed middle school uh, showcase. And so, yeah, I know JJ's family. I know JJ. And uh, we had him down in Coral Gables for an entire afternoon of a workout. And he was, he finished in the top four. Um, then he went to St. Thomas Aquinas the next day and solidified his South Florida time. And he's been uh, someone I've kept in contact with. And he had a great career at Nazareth in Illinois. And um, yeah, Miami had a definite early shot at him. And I mean, that's been a few staffs, but yeah, right. He did not come to Miami and no. one can only wish, uh, one can only imagine what would have happened. Yeah. By the way, uh, I saw on the pub, you had your football hotbed, uh, middle school, uh, all-star games and all that stuff going on last week. I don't, first of all, one, I don't know where you find the time. Uh, but two, uh, just a great outstanding job to get those young kids uh, some pub and some great playing time and all that stuff. It looked like you had a real good week. Well, we had a great week, and I tell you, we – I would say 30% of the current players at the University of Miami have played in that game. There you go. So it's very significant. Well, so and, we are raising canes, baby. Yeah, but uh, you also got a bunch of other guys that have been through that program that have that have been making yeah. headlines everywhere else too. Uh, we've had guys that have we have over a hundred Division One kids, um, and they're just too many to name. And um, so, I will say this: it, we had Ryan Mack on Green Tree and Josiah Trader when they were in seventh grade. Uh, they were actually by then it was the indoor practice facility. So JJ wasn't the only guy, um, but I want to talk about the guys we actually got. Yeah. And so um, yeah, I mean, what we try to do, and you know this, what we try to do with football, high bad, we don't we don't care where kids go to school, and, and I tell coaches that all the time. You know, I cover the Canes. I'm not a Canes fan. Um, a lot of people get mad at me about not being a Canes fan. I say we. It's kind of like a natural thing when you're reporting on the team for so long. But we try to give young people an opportunity. And this transfer portal beast has changed high school football recruiting uh, for the worse. I mean, it's hard to get a Division One scholarship now. It really, really is. And you gotta have you gotta have a name. You gotta have some publicity. You gotta have some exposure. And that's that's what we try to do at Football Hotbed with all our showcases. So this had a college yes. coach text me just now. So inquiring about Mr. Brashard Smith. Ah. So this is what takes place. Yeah, exactly. Um, so good job on that. But let's just real quick. Uh, you have any thoughts, any previews, any predictions on Michigan and Washington? Um, I know yeah. where I know who I want to win, but that's I'm not sure that that's what's going to happen. Well, either one winning wouldn't surprise me, but it, with the way Michael Penix is playing, if Michigan can't do what they did to Bama's offensive line, which is atrocious. Um, yeah, how did that happen? I don't know. I mean, I, to me, Nick Saban solved the quarterback position. He gets props on that. 
the fact that that's the line after all these years that that's the offensive line. You you talk about the Kane's offensive line and pass. Right. Wow, that was that snap was so low on that last play. Oh, it, how do you know? I mean, God looked like he was tying his shoes. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, I don't want to put it all on one kid, but how are you, the University of Alabama? He's in the portal now. You ain't got to put it on him for long. He's done. He's done. No, I know, but I'm just saying, like, how are you, the University? How are you, Alabama, and you can't have a kid that can snap the ball well, consistently? That's what Paul Farnbaum and others were saying, like, how is he the best option? Like, it's not so much that he was bad. It's like the fact that you didn't have anything better. Right. You know what I mean? Like, ah, oh, he was bad. Oh, okay, go to the backup. No, the backup's worse than him. No, are you serious? So, I mean, it, 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 we're all talking about one play, but he was bad the entire game. It was, yeah, it no, was, I mean. He was, he was terrible all game long. And he's and as bad we saw, all season. As we saw this year with Matt Lee and the Miami Hurricanes, like that center spot is yeah. so integral to the offense. Let me tell you something. Matt Lee and Cohen were two of the best pickups. And you got to give Rivers props. He's been yep. here, but, you know, and then Goa, Like, okay, so Goa, the way he played, Versus Caden Proctor for Alabama. Caden Proctor had a year to forget. Miles Goa had all freshman year. Yeah, you know no I mean? doubt. And that's the difference. It's like if you, it's so nasty to me. I see, oh, Miami pays all their players. Da, da, da. Look, if you're going to pay a guy and he does what Miles Goa does, he earned his money. Because if you pay Caden Proctor to give up sacks all year, especially, in, you know, on the way to, a, you know, barely missing a college football championship appearance. First time in history Alabama hasn't been in three straight years um, in this, you know, saving run. Nah, you then Alabama needs to be paying more money because one worked and one did. Yeah, for sure. So Michigan's favored by four, but uh, I'm I'm something about Harbaugh rubs me the wrong way. Aside from the cheating, uh, <laughs> but I love Michael Penix. He is. Man, Penix he's an absolute boy. He's, he's an absolute I, you know, baller. I, I, like, out of I like JJ. Um, of course, you I'm do, a yeah. little biased. Yeah. Um, but they gotta have a, they, they got a lot of work to do, man. Yeah, they got a lot of work to do because if they give Penix time, I mean, how is he not the number one pick? Like, how is he not being talked about? Did you see some of the throws? Yeah, it's unbelievable. Uh, I, I think some of that. I think some of the draft. Uh, especially at the top of the draft as it relates to the quarterback position, kind of going to go back and forth as they go through the combine and all that stuff. But, man, Penix is uh, – I mean, he threw like a ball like 55 yards and d- and barely put any effort into it. He's a dude. But that's yeah. a six-year kid. That's a kid that was underrated. Um, But, you know, that's why you play the game. And you look at J.J., Eh, people, uh, he's at, what is he as a passer? He's a darn competitor. He got that ball. He knew he had to go down the field to win, and they did it. I'm and calling it. I'm calling it Washington. Washington 35, Michigan 27. Gonna be a heck of a game. Can't wait to see it. All right, man. Well, uh, we will. Uh, we will uh, connect next week. Lord only knows what developments will happen between now and then. Yeah. That Cam Ward deadline, that Cam Ward, uh, still open. I can't. Well, you text me. So just for people who don't know, Beast and I text all the time. He texts me like 
hey, you know, Cam Ward hadn't signed with an agent. And I'm like, bro, I can't. Yeah, he just wrote back, I can't. I can't, yeah. Yeah, that's what happens. All right, man. Uh, appreciate you. Happy New Year, everyone. Go subscribe to the podcast wherever you subscribe to your podcast. Go hit up the YouTube channel. We will see you next time. It's the Real Ones Kane's Podcast.